Candy, the final girl. She can't see me, right? Uh, I'm Erica, right? I won't let anyone come between us anymore. I won't let anyone come between us anymore. <laughs> and I am Jenna. If I blow up this fucking place, will you finally see it, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> and this is the house that screams, Ghoul's Night Out. And tonight's topic is the 2003 movie High Tension. It started the uh, French extremist uh, horror movement, and uh, Jenna's going to start off tonight. Um, so I love French extremism films, um, and I was really excited to rewatch this. And I actually didn't like it as much as I remembered liking it. Um, I guess because uh, a I'm very big on pacing, and the pacing's a little weird, and um, I'd say there's some parts like now that I kind of knew the ending, um, you know, there's going to be spoilers in here, I feel. <laughs> but mm -hmm. now that I knew the ending, I'm like, mm, like, like if you rewatch Fight Club, you're like, oh, my God, I can see all the all the places where like you can tell that he's Tyler Durden. And in this one, I'm like, I can kind of see it but not really mm -hmm. like it, it's not it doesn't flow as well um but i appreciate the movie and i appreciate exactly what it started and um and i think the the writing was really good so there's and the acting's phenomenal the oh, acting yeah. is amazing Definitely. so yeah so um yeah i i i I enjoyed it for what it was, but it I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. Yeah, it's interesting mm -hmm. how our perspectives can change like that. And, you know, um, the biggest complaint that I have always heard about this movie is, like, the plot doesn't make any fucking sense, you know? Why is it like this? You know, sort of, um, you can't add it up. You know, there's a neat twist to it. But I actually, upon rewatching it today, I, I kind of came up with some theories. So mm. I, I came to it a, a wiser person because I, I hadn't seen it in probably over a decade. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think it's interesting because, I mean, obviously, spoilers on an almost 20-year-old movie here. But, you know, <laughs> when when we get the reveal that it is Marie, um, because there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie. It's a lot of her hiding and, and witnessing these murders. But what I think is, is not quite that she has DID or dissociative identity disorder, like split personality as it's mm -hmm. rudely called, but more of like, I think it, it, her way of um, splitting apart from, you know, the lover and the, the, the killer, you know, cause she's obsessed, she's in love. And this is obviously not her first go round with this kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. she's obviously done this before. Um, and, and we figured that out. But um, so I think it's interesting what I like about this and, and you know, to, to bring it to a feminist sh uh, show is 
that that embodiment that she creates is a man and mm -hmm. we as horror fans yeah. accept that because <clears throat> most serial killers are men because all the horror movies that we've seen you know especially these types it's always a man brutalizing a woman you know so it was easy for us to fall into that and to believe it and on for her i'm sure it was too like this whole separate mm -hmm. entity and make it male um mm -hmm. predatory and she's the lover she loves her you know and uh so i i, I cut today i, I just kind of thought about that and I, I thought that was interesting because when the first time you saw it didn't you just genuinely accept <clears throat> there's my allergies sorry genuinely accept that it's this man that come, why is he coming to kill everybody you know and oh she's <laughs> she's managing to you know get get by and survive well yeah <laughs> right right um, yeah, I, I was lucky to see this when it came to theaters, um, and I'm kind of amazed that um, the the Christian, you know, family-owned theater chain in my city, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the place that really, ran. wow, yeah, uh, and I mean they um, they've loosened up a lot since then, but I mean back then they were so picky about the movies they would play, like. Um, Oh, like they, they wouldn't, uh, you know, like what was that funny uh, sort of quasi superhero film kick ass that was really gory oh, and foul. Yeah. That, they only yeah. ran that for a week. And I mean, that movie had rave reviews, but it's like they felt it didn't really jive with their family values. So they like, bam, one week and it's out. So it's like, how did they let this movie in there? Like, they uh, must have like not known it serial is. killer. <laughs> yeah. Intense gore. I, I yeah I don't I don't really. Did they have get... martyrs in it too. <laughs> um, they they did not have martyrs. Uh, I had to seek <laughs> that out on DVD when it came to the U.S. But uh, <laughs> and I was I, I was like I was happy they they played it in my city and it, it definitely was something uh, you know different from a lot of films that were coming out around that time. But you know on the other hand there were some American filmmakers doing like gory post 9-11 you know um mm -hmm. uh, torture films and that kind of thing so it wasn't totally out of place um but i um i have to admit i did see the twist coming like from the beginning that opening scene where she's talking about this dream that she had where she's uh running from someone and then she realizes that she's running from herself whatever that opening uh monologue is that she has so it's like mm -hmm. oh so they're just telling us up front that marie is the killer mm -hmm. um so that was uh it made it not too surprising to me, but I mean, there's so many things maybe you can chalk up to her being an unreliable narrator because Absolutely. if you, you yeah. really, you can't, you can't go back. Like, like you were saying, Jenna, like with, with fight club, there are all these clues along the way that the main character has a split personality. And with this, it's like, you, you can't um, quite analyze it the same way. It's like the stuff going on in her mind does not, reflect what the reality actually is yeah i do find it kind of interesting in the rewatch though that when you first see the the killer you like out in the field getting head from a severed head yeah. like isn't isn't that like the same scene where marie's masturbating probably thinking about her best friend so mm -hmm. marie and the killer get off at the same time pretty much i don't know it's right. kind of how i took it yeah. um and the head it you know was obviously kind of, her type because I was gonna say it looks a lot, looks like, her a lot Alex. like Alex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, a lot of people believed it was Alex's head, and I'm like, 
you know, and and I guess you know, given the narrative of the story, like anything it possible. could be yeah because Mm. like that, that could have just been a you know like kind of like A fantasy. dissociative fantasy Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah. Another thing I found fascinating, though, so when I rewatched this, I also went back and I watched the director's commentary um, track on the DVD. Oh, I wish And I had listened to that. That would have been interesting, yeah, actually. what I find fascinating is like, uh, I'm probably going to butcher some French names. I think it's Alexander Aha is how you say his last name. Yeah. Um, Okay. But I, I mean, I never was quite sure how to pronounce that, but I'm part French, apparently, but I don't know how to speak any of that. Um, <laughs> That's the only Latin yeah. language that I'm not familiar with because of the letterings. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like if there are people listening to this who are French or they're fluent in French, I'm just going to apologize up front. I We cannot. had to do with audition. We were butchering names left and right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could I have just... helped with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I found interesting is like, he, like, did it mean to imply necessarily that Marie was a closeted lesbian or, or queer person? And I'm like, what about her behavior is not lesbian? Like, <laughs> Yeah. it's like, really? Right. It's like either there's such a, a difference with maybe normal best friend behavior in France compared to how those scenes play out in, in other countries that <laughs> so you know, maybe something was like lost uh, between cultures, but it's like, especially that, See I near felt, the end. <laughs> I'm sorry. what I was like, what I was gonna like, I'm not gonna say that um, the male gaze was that extreme in this, Right. but There I though. did notice that there was, There's a you little know, bit it, of fetishism. yeah, exactly. So I think like, um, and I'm looking at the writing and Alexandre, uh, or however you say it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy. Uh, he wrote it. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I would say that, like, you know, maybe it's like, a, oh, not a lesbian, but, you know, like, she's still in love with her best friend, but not a lesbian, though. Like, But I mean, how could I don't you want look to put for words it as into anything his mouth. but her being a lesbian? Because if you think when she's sitting out in the swing, when she's smoking a cigarette, and she's looking, and she can see her, she can see Alex showering, you know, with Yeah. that, like, you know, she's staring at her, like, washing her boobs or whatever, you know, like, the typical, Voyeuristic. that's the whole, like, male gazy fetish is, you know, like, and then immediately she goes in and goes to town on herself. Yeah. 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 How else are you supposed to imply that? Yeah. Exactly. Well, then, <laughs> and near the end of the like, film. I've seen my friends shower before and I And just I have don't not care. been moved to <laughs> go masturbate yeah. <laughs> about it. Exactly. And also the, the scene near the end where she's uh, kissing Alex, and it's not like a quick, you know, platonic kiss. It's like kind of going to town. Like, it's like, Yeah, tongs and I would not kiss my best friend that way. That would just be weird. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I always like uh, interpret it as like Marie has some kind of repressed, uh, you know, lesbian attraction to her friend and just creates this whole separate personality. Um, you know, to, to kind of separate her conscious, you know, thoughts from that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I took it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But I maybe. it fell. I mean, maybe it could be the opposite in that, like, she's kind of like um, Twin Peaksy, where she's possessed by this, like, entity, like this bad entity, and she's kind of getting everything crossed up 
because like, I never I never yeah. considered a possession narrative, but that'd be an interesting uh, like theory or a different way of looking at it. Like if you think of like in Twin Peaks, like Bob, you mm-hmm. know, like he like like yes, he was kind of like uh, the embodiment of evil, but he was a person. Mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and technically he's the one who invaded like what's his name's uh leland's body and killed what's her name uh laura palmer yeah, so laura palmer. maybe it's something like that and like it's really just like his feelings that are coming into her and because she's like a good person she interprets that as love whether mm-hmm. as it's more obsession i don't know like <laughs> well i think it's definitely not love it's definitely obsession it's um, yeah and, and, and a lot oh of yeah that you know the stalkery uh predatory types they think that that's love mm-hmm. like i would do anything for you and and you mm-hmm. know i killed your family for you so nothing can keep us apart you know so i i honestly believe like i i you know got the vibe right away that you know because she's asking about you know god you just sleep with any guy well you'll just you're such a slut you're this you're that you know right yeah yeah. he wants her you know and and like that moment where she turns because we don't have a lot of dialogue most of it's at the beginning of the film but she's Mm -hmm. like i'm so glad you brought me here to meet your family (laughs) yeah you know yeah that beginning scene was way more unsettling (laughs) 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 are you watching it knowing Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and all the scenes where she's like bound and gagged and you know like she comes and she's like i'm gonna help you don't worry i'm gonna like save you like like i'm just like oh like, my god what? crazy <laughs> yeah, like... and then yeah you do kind of get a, a clue because you know marie's like ooh, ooh, no 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 you know like yeah. she's back from her like if, if someone were just trying to help you you know, like you why would someone have that reaction so i mean that is kind of a clue mm-hmm. uh, I think Definitely. it's interesting, like with the alternate title, Switchblade Romance. Mm-hmm. I, I actually mm-hmm. like that uh, a lot better uh, as a title. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I like I think, that too. I think it's like the ultimate, you know, stalkery, you know, like obviously way over the top. We've got some crazy kills, like the little boy, like what the <laughs> fuck? So, Terrible. You know, and the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just like, no. Like the that poor little boy, and he runs out in the cornfield, and you you hear the gun go off, and you're thinking, okay, that's it, but it's really fucking sucky. But <laughs> then they show it, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I think the ultimate stalkery move because we we've seen it in a lot of films, and it usually is a man doing it to a woman, like <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna kill you, uh, but you know, I love you, and um. If you don't love me back, I'll kill you. But, you know, she's literally holding a, a, a concrete chainsaw saying, you don't even love me, do you? And she's like, oh, no, no, I love you. I absolutely totally love you. And then she starts kissing <laughs> yeah. her and, and you can see that Alex is not into it. And she's like, I want to live. So she starts mm-hmm. kissing her back just so she can stab the bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like, wow. <laughs> That's the ultimate. Like, I've got a chainsaw and it's running. <laughs> And it's not a regular chainsaw. It's like a hardcore superpower on the yeah. chainsaw. And um, you have to say that you love me. Let's make out. I love you. Nothing will ever, you know, can keep you away from me again. You know, blah, blah. and I'm just like, oh, my God. And the fact that it's like a friend of hers, you know, mm-hmm. like, because well, friend. there is there is that um, 
kind of connection where it's like like especially um because it, the killer is the woman like you said like because uh when you see women on film you're like oh they're okay like they're you know like they're not the bad ones <laughs> um, or final girl you know exactly yeah so you're you think exactly so you think this girl's just a final girl you know what i mean yep. and um especially back in the I, day i do like how um they kind of subvert the final girl trope with this yeah yes yeah yes and that's and that's what i loved about it back in the day was that they like kind of subverted that um and especially because like she must have been pretty strong she like mm -hmm. she fucks some people up <laughs> that axe scene where she you know gets him in the chest with the axe and then he's on the ground and she's stepping on him and you see the axe start to come out of his back and i'm like yep oh man like this this movie was not afraid to go where it went and and for 2003 it was pretty intense mm -hmm. the one well, kill that i always just find just too crazy is like the um the head stuck uh you know between the uh, the staircase uh, railing and then the shove the piece of furniture and decapitate i think it was her dad or something yeah like yeah. that is like i do not buy that sorry <laughs> that's like the one death that i'm just like no that's not happening yeah <laughs> i do i do kind of miss those days where like it was like you know in your face they're not going to shy away from any of the gore mm -hmm. like it's right there and out in the open <laughs> it was right there at that time and i think you know each horror uh decade is kind of a rebellion uh against the one before it mm -hmm. and so exactly. we had just come out of the puritanical 90s as i like to call them so like the the good horror movies were a few and far between you know, and gore was way cut down and all of that. And um, so then in the early 2000s, we got that really gritty Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake that I love. We got Hostel. We got Saw. We got, you know, this film. But this was during that time where we got some really great gore films. And then it inspired, like, all these people that were just trying to outdo each other. Um I I just think that like like for me um i'm gonna say his name totally wrong i say it different every time because i don't know gaspar no way <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> who like i would say he's like the french extremism guy you know what i mean like and he was i think he was around before that became a thing but like he definitely like got notoriety like uh, I mean, like, Irreversible is probably the most brutal movie of all time. Um, I haven't seen it, but I am very aware of it. Yeah. Um, Enter the Void's good. Climax is really good. And that doesn't have, like, any sexual... It might not have any sexual assault. <laughs> 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 we talked a lot about sexual assault on this part of the show. Yeah, well... <laughs> Women in horror, yay! <laughs> yeah, um, and I just I like I would say he's like kind of like the go-to like does not shy away from anything. <laughs> yeah, and this is also the time that the J horror craze was going on. I never liked the American versions; they fucked those up. They made them all PG thirteen. But we, the last yeah. film we did was audition, and um, we're both 
huge Takashi Miike fans. You know, like um, we we talked, you know, about audition. We both the book and the film, um, which is one of my favorite films of all time. It's also an extreme film, but all of Takashi Miike's films are. Um, but like I was, so this was like for me up until very recently, it was the last time I had like a good time in horror is in this time period. Yeah. Cause like, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Falls to the wall, crazy, gory, you know, really pushing limits and then pushing others to push their limits. And then things got like really fucking boring after a while. <laughs> and then now we've got some new blood out in there. Um, <laughs> like Ari Aster, uh, Mike Flanagan just kills it every time. Um, You know, so, And so they know we've how got, to kind of like walk that line between not too extreme, but but you not. know, be genuinely scary. Like Hereditary yeah. was the first movie that scared me in a long fucking time. You know, so we're we're just now going back to like this Renaissance period of we're really getting good horror. But for me, like the last time was during this time with high tension and you know audition, all that stuff, making it to the U.S. and one missed call, like the American version. I wish it would die. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, the, the Takashi Miike version is fucking phenomenal. I never Um, saw that. oh my God, you, you must, you must. Yeah, I, I mean, Takashi Miike is like one of my favorites, Yeah, so. me too. Like he's the Quentin Tarantino of Japan, but he's Yeah. way more extreme. Um, Ichi <laughs> the Killer is like oh, yeah, we one talked of my favorite a little bit about movies. that. Yeah. <laughs> we were Oh talking my about how God. it was actually, you know, in this, with the semen, Like that part of that Takashi movie. Oh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah, I that that was actually semen. <laughs> Oh, and gosh, it was, yeah, it was that's. his semen. And he was like, I don't give a fuck. I, I mean, it was a great time in horror. The first time I watched that, this was when, <laughs> oh my God, Heroes, remember the TV show Heroes? yep. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was when that was big. And I was smoking, like, th I was in art school, so I was smoking a ton of weed, like, a ton. And so, like, you know, I had, we had this big gravity bong that my friend had, and I was so high. And we were watching, um, uh, uh heroes and it went and it got to the japanese part and then i don't really remember what happened in between them but then we started watching ichi the killer and this is my first time watching it Oh my and god, i was like yeah, you're so high. oh my god yeah like there's and it's for some reason in my head that was heroes so i'm like they're showing this on prime time what is going on right now like there's semen and gore and it took me like probably halfway through the movie When he would I'm like smoke and the smoke would come out through the holes in his cheek. I'm like, oh my yeah god. <laughs> and I was like oh we're watching another movie aren't we <laughs> But yeah, um, going back to this one, um, we usually like pose the question, is this a feminist film? Is this an anti-feminist film? Um, you know, could this spark a conversation, um, you know, into feminism? You know, can it be applied here? I actually feel like this is an anti-feminist film. Oh, really? Um, I, I feel like... Um, You know, it, it's somebody who's trying to make that sort of evil, you know, character, but it ends up being a little too male gazy, a, um, a little too fetishes, you know, into the whole lesbian thing. I mean, while it was innovative, um, I really feel like it was more exploitative. Mm -hmm. I would say it's, I would actually disagree and say the opposite, where I think it actually was feminist for the time. 
um because while yeah. we can see the male gaziness it really wasn't that male like it could have been way oh definitely way worse been worse but yeah it, and it feels like a, a a man trying to write a woman and you know some it, men can do that better than others yes yeah. and and i think it it definitely is a lot like a man trying to write a woman but um all in all especially and you know i'm, I'm very like lenient on you know early 2000s movies in that way <laughs> i think that it was not like especially for that time where i cannot rewatch many movies because the male gaze is like too extreme that was one thing that i did not have an issue with this movie even when she's doing when like she's masturbating it's not like you know it's not like ooh and like panning down her sexy body and everything you know like it's like she's laying down and you see her hand in her pants mm -hmm. and you know she's and and like while it it lingers it's more you know kind of a uh, transition into different things and it could have been a lot a lot more and again yeah. saying this like just because it's i say it could have been a lot more you know that doesn't that doesn't necessarily excuse it but all in all i think that um the message that he was trying to convey and the writing in general um i think was was pretty feminist not like it didn't have a necessarily big message right but it did have a message so um what do yeah. you think erica Man, I'm I'm kind of torn on that too. Um, I don't know if it's so much like anti-feminist as it could definitely be interpreted as homophobic. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can see that too. But I mean, if you're if you're taking that you know part of it out of it, and you're just looking at the theme of like obsession and uh, you know unrequited love and that kind of thing. I mean, I you could probably have that story with any any gender and combination of characters yeah, uh, yeah. In, in this case it, it makes sense to have it be two women because you think it's going to be like a, a typical slasher film and you're rooting for uh, marie as the final girl and then they you know pull the rug out from underneath you with that twist right mm -hmm. yeah i mean i guess i'll have to pull back and say no it's not anti-feminist it, it it does feel a little Maybe it's crazy. you know. Maybe uh, it's non-feminist. It, yeah, it, it, yeah, maybe yeah. it's not that even sounds the, better. Um, right, yeah. but yeah, yeah I we talked say... about the female gaze with the love witch, and there's definitely. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what this is an early version of trying to put across the female gaze, although it felt like the male gaze at times. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like it was sort of a mix, but it, maybe that's part of. Maybe you know that that was intentional now that I think about it, to keep you confused. This this movie is all about confusing the fuck out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that could definitely be it, too, um, that they kind of tried to incorporate the male gaze into it to kind of, like, throw you off. Right. Um, yeah, if you're assuming that it's that, that scary, nasty, dirty dude who's the killer, then it, <laughs> some level of male gaze makes sense with that, but... 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess and and the fact that the guy was stuff. just kind of like this non sequitur, like just kind of nasty, dirty dude, was kind of funny yeah. too. Because you're like, so oh yeah, that's face. obviously the killer. But his face is all <laughs> fucked up from you know her hitting him with that uh that really badass weapon that she makes uh. You know, because I mean, this is all kind of yeah. in place in her mind, but with the barbed wire around the fence post and like, yeah, and then the space awesome. from there on, I'm like, oh god, I don't want to look at no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... I guess it's like, like I always compared this movie to Martyrs, you know, because mm. of the similarities. Um, I will also say that I'm glad that Martyrs is kind of getting like this weird resurgence. It is or resurgence it is. in general. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> But yeah, um, avoid that shit. American remake of Martyrs is just terrible. Oh, like, well, I mean, so, is I that why it got a The American oh. remakes of stuff are, are uh, yeah. Shitty. I think it was yeah, a. I think that. the American remake was like 2010 or 2011. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't oh okay. Many years after the original Martyrs came out, but it's so like it's so cringe. Like they changed things with the story that and it doesn't that doesn't make, make it, sense it's, it's, it's just stupid and i, I someone uh, some reviewer said it was like um having a slayer song covered by one direction <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how i feel nice. about like one missed call you know like they, they <laughs> yep. took this really gory horrifying movie and made it pg-13 mm -hmm. um you know the only one i liked was um the ring I, I actually, that. yeah, yeah, because I feel like um, Ringu was a little too straightforward, whether mm -hmm. as the ring had some like open ended stuff to it, but the like do Ringu we was. A, do we need a second rated. ring? Do we need more though? Oh, I didn't watch Ring, those. Ring yeah. two was. <laughs> Gotta, it, you know, she's like, "I'm not your fucking mommy," and I'm like, "Oh God, just Ring up Ring with this movie." <laughs> the the second Ringu was good though, from what mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah, I mean, I just I prefer you know these films in in their natural habitat, if you will, like their yeah. their native language. Um, you know, you lose like like look at let let the right one in. Um, mm -hmm. when we Americanized that, it just wasn't as good. Yeah, you know things like that. So it's like leave this shit alone. If you don't want to read subtitles. And or you're god awful and at least do the dubbed, but I don't ever like it's sub only. But you know, um, yeah, like don't why 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 do we think that we can remake it and do it better when we're cutting out all the gore, when we're changing the story, when um you know when and you're, you're changing like the parts of the film that are not American, which is the part that like Americans should be seeing, you know, like. The a different perspective yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> even like because french films are always like a little more high art yeah. as we uh -huh. say and that's why like like you know like high tension if it was in an american film it would just be smack my bitch up you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like we like we yeah. made that already and it was smack my bitch up which i love that music video but it's just very american <laughs> it is and, yeah i hear yeah. you yeah and that's fine but it's like you know, high tension had just a little bit more going on with it. Something that we right. could actually like sink our teeth into. Yeah, one thing I find ironic though, I mean, that since uh, Alexandra um, Aha has done uh, films for American audiences, I think he makes yeah. better American films than Americans make when they, they try to remake foreign films. Um, so, I mean, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I love Piranha 3D. It's one of my favorite uh, summer, you know, like trash movies. And I would I say that to see crawl. Oh yeah, I, I would say that like Piranha 3D does have uh, feminist themes in it, even though it's also very male gazy at the same time. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, how and 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 in this movie, it, it you know like I always realize things as we start to talk. You know, I thought mm -hmm. one way, and now we we're talking about it, and I'm like, <clears throat> it makes sense for it to be both male gazy and female gazy. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of you know. um I just think it's interesting that this lesbian who's obsessed creates this male. You know, I, yeah. I get stuck on that. Like, okay, so what's the psychology behind that? Why would you do that? I mean, one, it works for the film because we automatically just believe it. It's, of course, it's a man. It's like some typical, you know, film. But, like, why in particular would she do that? It's. I think, oh, sorry, Jenna, go ahead. I think it really is kind of like, um, uh, I mean, it's definitely a play on, you know, a trope, which I always appreciate. But I also think it's like, um, especially when you're a female, when you're a woman, and you like, um, you're when you're a little more, I mean, this is like, not as... Um, you know, this is not as intense, but it's like when you do have like these like more masculine traits, you feel kind of weird about it. Like you're supposed to kind of suppress it. Just mm -hmm. just like men have to suppress like more their, feminine their emotions. Quote. They don't want to cry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like women go through the same thing. Um, it's a societal on... issue. You know, exactly. We're taught to do that. Yeah. And I think this kind of plays on it. Um obviously like it kind of goes to an extreme with it <laughs> but i think it's more like um her like an inner demon type not not necessarily to say like a full-on possession but like a an idea of a possession like of something that's in her that she's trying to suppress mm. which i mean as as someone who is bisexual i could see that because like um uh i denied that for a long time because I didn't want to feel masculine. Mm -hmm. So um, I could relate to that kind of feeling where you're like, I don't want to be a dirty, disgusting boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, my, my daughter, um, she's bisexual and she's like, you know, but she likes to wear some girly stuff, but you know, she's, she's got, you know, some, some masculine tendencies like you know just sort of what people view as let me put it that way a view as a masculine tendency um and she's and, like but I, I i'm still a woman and i like to be treated you know i want flowers and stuff too you know like it's it's and and i am i'm asexual i mean obviously i'm on the spectrum you know i have children and i'm married to a man but i posted something the other day just because i'm married to a man doesn't make me straight um, asexuals, you're not really, you're not straight, you're not gay, you're not bisexual, but I am, but, um, you know, a lot of asexuals are also aromantic, which means they're mm -hmm. not interested. Now, I'm a big romantic, so I am bi-romantic, and I've, I've had mm -hmm. a girlfriend, you know, um, in the past, but I just got bullied so bad about it that I never, mm -hmm. you know, I have to really connect with somebody, but, you know, the thing is, is that, like, like, like for me, I, I, I feel so threatened in straight bars that I don't like to go to them. I only go to gay bars. And they always assume I'm a lipstick lesbian. 
<laughs> and I'm just like, no, I'm not looking for anybody, but, you know, I'll have a drink with you or, or something like that. I don't feel threatened by women. And so this movie... Yeah, that's another part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie takes that where... Because I do feel threatened by men, and there's a reason for that. There's plenty of fucking reasons for that in my life. But <laughs> but I don't feel threatened by women. And this movie takes that, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> it would yeah. be my luck that I would you know, were, were I to be involved with a woman, uh, um, that it, it would be like that because that's my fucking luck in relationships until, you know, obviously Sean and I, whatever, but yeah, it would be the one, you know, holding the fucking chainsaw. You don't love me, do you? I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I do. I do. Cause I've been there with, I've been there with men, you know, I actually went through conversion. You know what I just thought of? That might be it too, which is actually anti-feminist. Hmm. Hear me out is um, the stereotype of the crazy chick who like yeah, I thought of that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think of that until right now. But when you said the chainsaw, because you know, like I can hear a guy in my head going like, "Oh yeah, I don't want some crazy chick with a chainsaw by my neck." Going, I want you to love me. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know i mean not saying that that doesn't happen there's you know like i know plenty of people who've been unfortunately have been in very abusive relationships with women and like yeah i haven't and... been with women but with men but my daughter she watched the movie with me for the first time for her today uh we because she actually has fridays off from like art school and, and work and all that and she wanted to say as a bisexual woman that um she felt like, um, you know, th this uh, was kind of inflammatory in a way to her. Um, she yeah. found it offensive, you know, uh, the whole, you know, anybody who's, you know, uh, because they, they say that, uh, you know, women who are into women are extremely obsessive. And, um, you know, like the kids today, I mean, she she's about to turn 22, but you know she's my kid so um yeah so she's a kid um will always be a kid but you know the thing is 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 like there there's so much more you know as far as lgbtq uh plus stuff like i said i went through conversion therapy my mom like my brothers are gay and my mom was not gonna have a you know same-sex oriented daughter she was not gonna have it i was to procreate i was to get married i was to be a housewife you know and i did that but like i i encouraged my my daughter but she's just like you know, they always talk about, you know, that women are so obsessive with, you know, so women um, who like other women tend to get very, very obsessed and abusive and horrible to them. And she felt like it played into that a little too much. I and I, I will definitely agree with that. I and, you know, again, I'm I'm kind of like um, defending the time that it was put out because I know a lot of like you know younger 20 year olds you know like 25 ish 24 ish um and that age range is much more open with their sexuality and much more open with i mean even when i was growing up like all the gay kids in my school were like the popular ones like <laughs> you know like it was it was you know like just a it was it was different you know um uh, and, you know, it also depends on where you were at the time as well, you know, like, and, you know, I 
grew up in Connecticut and then I was in New York City and you know like in metropolitan areas so of course I live that in stuff like is the most puritanical state of Indiana. We had yeah like a Kansas governor, so pray the gay away and all that. oh god I'm sorry Oh yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. and there's still like little pockets though of like you know like 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 okay like you're cool you know <laughs> but um I mean, you know, definitely probably more than it was like in the 70s or 60s or something, you know. Um, but I, I guess I'll defend that film in that like, it's trying for its time. <laughs> and like, we are much more aware of like very specific, like intricate issues than anyone would have even thought of back in that day. Like, the freedom to choose um, your own pronouns the freedom to live exactly. your life as any gender or no gender I, that was or binary when, that was when gay people couldn't even get married here, if I'm correct. yeah yeah true it wasn't until gosh i moved because i moved away from here for a while because i was being stalked um but uh and then i came back and that that was uh 2013 so i'm thinking 2013 2014 was when the supreme court ruled it legal and i remember my brother and his longtime boyfriend went and got married that day and then the next day mike pence said all their because he was governor at the time he said that all of their marriages were not legal and my brother was crying he's like i don't Mm know hmm if i'm married or not and <laughs> federally then he fucking was well the supreme court <laughs> yeah was like basically bitch slap mike pence like who the fuck do you think you are you're the governor <laughs> right of indiana like fuck you <laughs> and then he became vice president <laughs> And I was once Yeah, so once 2015, I heard that I was like, yeah, and this was no. in 2003, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it, like it's so crazy because it's like, oh, it was a different time because it doesn't seem like that long ago, It's but so much has it's changed. not that long ago. It was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm old too. Yeah, I'm like, now that I can say that, I guess like, I I was... guess I'm ancient. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about French extremism because I was talking about how it's going to be on this podcast and I was talking about the French extremism and I was like, it's kind of cool because it's the first like genre of um, horror that I was actually like alive and like was a part of. Because <laughs> yeah i was before that was like all the 80s films and because I just, the 90s films mostly sucked yeah, like for the most part and like i mean there I was was too Candyman. young to watch. like did Yeah, and I, I was too young then to watch, like, something like um, Scream, even, you know? that came out my senior year in high school i feel fucking old <laughs> and i was bored by it like really i mean it's okay yeah, I, I saw my first Scream, the, la the newest Scream movie that came out was the first one I saw, and I was like, oh, it's really I actually meta, like that one. okay. It was because, like, the rest of them were sucky, except for the first. But. I like the second one, but I feel, and then the newest one, but the uh, three and four were, yeah, Yeah, not the second so one good. just didn't do it for me. I, I was like, okay, this is, that's when I started getting really bored. And, you know, once they, they snatched our dude, I was like, I'm fucking out. Fuck this. But, um... Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, so you're killing off everybody that I love. They did. They killed off my two favorite characters in the first movie. One deserved to be killed, but you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Still. <laughs> yeah. Um,
But yeah, so this was like such a, a great time in horror. And we're going to be talking about Hostel on the regular show um, mm -hmm. soon because uh, Eli Roth, who does not like to claim the title of this, is called, you know, the, the progenitor of torture porn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never liked the torture porn label either. I think it's a stupid label. Um, I I just like would rather just call them torture films, kind of like yeah. we had slasher films in the '80s. But it's like, don't call it fucking porn. It's not porn. Yeah, yeah. This is me it's off. I, about it. I mean, that was the time. Again, I'm I'm so obsessed with this. It was the time, but <laughs> that was no, the time when everything was that. porn, like food porn, torture <laughs> porn. <laughs> <laughs> um and it was kind of like and i i said this on the cabin fever episode but i guess i'll reiterate it on this one like the the reason why i feel like the torture porn genre kind of like popped off was because of all that stuff that was like that we could just immediately see on the internet like oh here's abu graham mm. like i just told my friend today who's who's from scotland i told him about like abu graham because he had no idea and i'm like oh yeah like and i was like looking at the pictures and i was like oh i can't even send these to you these are awful like, yeah, <laughs> and you know and that was like something that was all over the news at the time let alone mm -hmm. like all the beheadings that were going on like yeah it was mm -hmm. pretty it was a pretty crazy fucking time. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it was kind of inevitable that, like, a horror genre would be created by, like, kind of, like, exploring that, like, more, I would say, probably the most realistic extreme gore that you can oh, yeah. find in, like, any, at any era, really. Yeah, and the gore in this mm -hmm. film, I really fucking love the gore in this It was film. amazing, yeah. Was that. Great. That I wanted when, to say when too. When she cuts the the mom's throat, or he cuts the mom's throat, mm -hmm. and you see like the the fucking larynx and and the mm -hmm. blood spurting mm -hmm. and spurting, and just that kind of like gasping and gurgling. I mean, it was nasty. It's a nasty fucking film. Nasty. It's nasty. Also, even just like when she's taking the um, cuffs off of her and the rope off of her and like you see like the black marks it like looks so real and painful and you're like dirty oh, and, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's you know what the worst part is it's because they probably had very realistic reference that no one had before then because it's yeah. like oh let's just you can't google it now but back then you could probably just google yeah. it well and that's <laughs> what makes tom savini you know from like 70s and 80s that's what made his gore mm -hmm. You know, made him, you know, the, the makeup maestro, or, or it used to be called the Sultan Splatter, but, um, you know, because he was a, a, a war uh, photographer, um, a mm. combat photographer, and so yeah. he was always taking the pictures of the corpses, and so he had, like, he'd seen this shit with his own eyes, and he could create that um, through practical effects. And uh, practical effects, as we know, are always better, and, and the practical effects mm -hmm. are, are fucking phenomenal. They're really okay. great. Yeah, and I, I know um, Alexander Aha said um, that he was really influenced by gritty movies in the 70s and early 80s, like Last House mm -hmm. on the Left, Maniac, and you definitely get that I vibe. I love Maniac. Maniac rules. <laughs> yeah, some people were calling this like a pastiche, 
And I was like, hmm. and they did that with the Love Witch, and I didn't feel like the Love Witch was the pastiche. And I, I didn't feel like this film is a pastiche either, because while you can see that there's inspiration there, because the, we like those 70s kind of grindhouse, and, and you know, like Maniac was 1980, so like these grindhouse, dirty, nasty films, you know, like where they're mm -hmm. just, you just feel filthy watching them, just because everything's so gritty and, and raw, and it's and almost realistic, like, like it, it adds a layer of terror and this movie captured that but i wouldn't call it a pastiche because it feels like its own thing what's a pastiche it's it's like imitating a style basically oh okay yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say that because yeah, i said that about the love witch sort of like as a pastiche of sort of a you know hammer horror with with the the colors and stuff and the colors um anna biller's use of color and and the the styles there was it was like modern stuff and then it was stuff that looked very you know mod 60s or whatever mm -hmm. but i don't feel like it was a pastiche you know i don't feel like it was trying to be that I feel like it was incorporating elements but that's not the same thing as being a pastiche where you're actually just copying it you yeah know what so like something like like uh tarantino movies <laughs> not to yeah. hate on tarantino but <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing <laughs> i mean he does a good job with it yeah he does a good job I've, with I've it. i've never but... seen a bad movie from him but like he just does like all these weird unknown movies that a lot of people haven't seen until you Getty see Western it and then you're like and... oh okay that's that's Kung what Fu he did movies. yeah just different yeah like that he did yeah what did i actually this would be a good one for a ghouls night out podcast is like Prisoner number seven, I believe it's called. Scorpion. Um, it's a. Oh, I, I know. I've, I've seen that on Shutter. I think. Yeah. Okay. Female prisoner number seven hundred one. Scorpion. That's the name of the movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I will have to look that. <laughs> it's up. a uh, Japanese movie from like probably like the seventies. Yeah, seventy two, um, uh, and you know, women in prison film, but it's a little more violent and weird. And it just, I guess what I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm totally just like divulging to another topic. Sorry. We <laughs> do that. That's big okay. Kill it, all, it all comes together in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, big Kill Bill elements to it though, but <laughs> I wouldn't say high tension, like, like while high tension, like I would say that um, there was a similar, like, like, for some reason, like, the exposure was really high on a lot of these, like, early 2000s films. Like, maybe it's it was imitating, like, the digital camera. Because, like, you know, we, we all had our little Nikon Pixel oh, yeah. 6 mm -hmm. cameras and taking I pictures. I pink and... one. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> pink one. <laughs> I like pink. Yeah. <laughs> And like maybe it was like kind My of razor flip phone that was pink. Yeah, the razor. <laughs> Take the pixelated picture of your outfit. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe it was like something like that, where it's like that, like it was like life imitates art kind of thing, where just everything had like a really high exposure and like was like bright colors and the saturation is really up. <laughs> um, yeah. And I would say that this film definitely had that going on with it. But I mean, it 
it still was its own thing. It definitely mm -hmm. was its own thing. I, I mean, I would. It's interesting that that Maniac came up because there is a scene that is a direct reference to Maniac, and I am a huge uh, Maniac fan. We did the bathroom. The bathroom. Yeah. Thing. Um. Yeah. So. Um. There. You know. There was an homage to Maniac in it, and. Uh, you know, so the the love of this genre is definitely throughout this film, but it is its own thing. And, um, you know, but I really felt like, you know, these extreme filmmakers at the time, you know, the, the ones in Japan and France, and, and they were like the front runners, really, um, of, you know, these, these movements of extreme films at the time. They were just trying to out-fucking-do each other. Yeah. And then Eli yeah. Roth's like, hey, hold my beer. <laughs> um, I'm an American boy, and I'm gonna do this thing. And and hostile when I first time I watched it, I was like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and it's so like hilariously broy American. You know what I mean? Like, like it has a message, but it's and it's there, <laughs> but it's not like it's not completely there. Like I and and that's how I kind of feel about this movie too. Or it has a message, and it's there, but it's not like it's not as fleshed out as i would like it to be yeah yeah although i mean i i do like it when films leave enough like vague or open-ended that there's room for debate and discussion like i think a mistake that a lot of american filmmakers make is that they they hit you over the head with it too much and there's, oh, there's yeah. mystery <laughs> so i i like the fact that there there are enough like just kind of open-ended things with this film that you can debate whether or not it's, it's uh, feminist or misogynist or homophobic or not. You know, like there's, yeah. I guess I, I have that. like um, a higher standard for French filmmakers. Um, <laughs> and like going back to Martyrs, just because like mm -hmm. that's such a good movie and it has like so many cool things about it. And it like, and like it's, it's, it's still like um, very uh, easy to digest, but it's yeah. definitely headier than this movie. I, I and, agree. Yeah. With that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that Barters is like, you know, like the highest art film in the world, but it really does like, it's really cool. Like the ending is like, oh my God, that's insane. Like, yeah, it really I, gets I thought to about it. So speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, like, have, we need to do martyrs on here for Ghoul's Night Out for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, martyrs, which is you know like there's a lot of similarities. It's like two women, yada yada. Yeah. It is like martyrs is very women centric. I I wonder if that it is probably intentional. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. So. Um, there's a special but, bond between women and uh, as friends, you know. Um, I think I think women as friends, especially like close friends, um, you get comfortable in ways with each other much more than men get with mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. Um, like you know, like something as simple as like you know, um, my best friend would come and spend the night. Um, I had two best friends. One was really uptight, so I think she was homophobic or maybe harboring some you know homosexual tendencies but she would never change in front of me and we would spend night each other like every weekend with each other when we were younger and then i had my other best friend and we would just be changing to go out for the night like you know to a party and we're changing in the same room i mean men don't do that you know yeah. things like that and we don't ever think anything about it like 
you know, can you fix my bra strap back here or something, you know, but with no, <laughs> even like, no, how do my boobs look in this, you know? Because <laughs> you're going to get a more honest answer from a woman. You know True. what I'm saying? So women, we, we, we tend to have closer relationships <laughs> to each other. And if you're telling a tale that you really want to get some emotion and some closeness across, it's best told with women because men are so, you know, and again, it's a societal thing. Um, they're, they're, they don't want to get that close. They don't want to talk about their feelings. They don't want to, they're not comfortable completely with each other. It's like men feel like they always have to be on their guard. I've noticed that because yeah. I, you know, being a, a female horror fan, I, I never had another friend a female friend that lives into horror until like I started doing the podcast mm -hmm. met Erica met you you know I, I never had women to talk about this shit with um you know my female friends were, were not into this shit so I was hanging out with guys and I noticed how they interacted with each other and mm -hmm. and a big thing is you could still be really good friends with someone who's not into the oh, same interest as you absolutely. and still have a very close relationship with each other absolutely which I don't think a lot of guys can do that no I'm, you know, I think, but I generalizing think it's, but. it's a societal thing i think it's how they're raised i've raised my son to be sensitive to be open and you know he's seven years younger than his sister so you know um he's got that influence from his sister he's got it from me and then sean as you guys know is a very sensitive guy so you know i'm raising this sensitive man you know you don't raise kids you raise adults that's yeah. how you do parenting yeah. And I don't want my son to, to be like that, where he feels like he has to not, he can't cry or he can't talk about his feelings, you know. But in, in, a, in a tale like this, it's the closeness is there automatically and women would do stuff like that. Um, normally, you know, the, the friendship where, you know, you, there's a lot more physical touching. There's a lot more, you know, you'll kiss your, your female friend on the cheek and, and you'll hug a lot and stuff like that. So it's it's so much easier to get the, the, the closeness uh, of the, these things with women across because people will accept that mm -hmm. easier. And yeah, I can tell, like, like, as I said, like, I'm bisexual. I had a lot of my female friends, like my whole life, we undressed in front of each other. It was never like, ooh, like, it's never weird. Or, you, know, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was just a thing that you did, but like, I don't in know. In fact, if I was attracted to a girl and she, I would like be like too embarrassed and like run away. Right, 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 I mean? right. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm too embarrassed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, that's, you know, like, that's definitely not how the average man thinks. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, and we always have our variants, but, um, you know, I think that's why, you know, Sean was, like, my person, you know, that's when you go from asexual to demisexual, um, you have that one person you really, really connect with, and then you can have a relationship that's really deep with them, and marriage, children, whatever, but it's because he's so sensitive, he was raised by women, and mm -hmm. you know so he he's not afraid to go there he edits this mm -hmm. so he's probably gonna listen to this and be like oh my gosh candy <laughs> um but you know what it, it's the truth and i and that's what i do on the show is i tell the fucking truth but yeah so so you know that's that's what this movie 
does is it, mm -hmm. it, it lures you into this false sense of security. They're best friends. Yeah. They're studying. And she, the whole time, Maria is so worried about her friend and she wants to save her life. And she wants to, and she's crying and she's upset and she, you know, doing everything she can to save her, you know. And so you buy that. You absolutely mm -hmm. buy it. And you buy that there's this evil man going around killing girls. Yeah. Yeah. In the director's commentary, uh, they, they talk about Marie basically has this this white knight mentality that she wants so badly to be the rescuer. And that's what's going to win her friend's love, even though she's also the villain of the piece. So that's, yeah, kind of a fascinating uh, okay. dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I totally see that. And I think that that's where we get the, you know, the dissociativeness because she wants to be the hero or the mm -hmm. heroine, however you want to put it. But I think hero is gender neutral, but I think she so. wants to be the hero. But there's also that please love me. And I love the trailer for this because they used um, Superstar by the Carpenters, but it's the Sonic Youth version, which is really slow and kind of creepy. The music is anyway. really good in this. Yes, it I is. love the And I, it's I, a throwback. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so, so when the in the trailer, you know, you have that like real. It almost sounds like you slowed down a a, a vinyl record, mm -hmm. you know, with, with the way that Sonic Youth covers that that Carpenter song, and uh, you know, so it it in in Marie's mind, it's it's lo it's this love story, the the mm -hmm. whole Switchblade romance. Why I I just think that sounds like a cool title, but um, but there's also that it's also a, a well, if you don't love me, if I can't have you, yeah, then no one, no one can. else can, which is yep. typically what we associate with males. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's, there's this kind of like these layers. And for a movie that has barely any dialogue, it really mm -hmm. does convey that. It's powerful in that way. I was going to say something else and I totally forgot. Oh, no, no, no. I know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh Man, it was, oh, oh, yeah, I wanted to um, touch on DID a little bit, um, mm -hmm. because uh, I, I took, not too long ago, I'd say like, a, no, Tyba, you're not going to talk into the mic. Um, <laughs> not too long ago, I um, uh, took a psychology class, and the interesting thing about DID is it's not recognized in any other country or diagnosed in any mm -hmm. other country other than the US. You know, I, I question the vil validity of DID. You aren't the only one. I, um, even yeah. some American uh, psychologists think it's probably a, a bullshit category. Like, um, And these people are just like more suggestive is what yeah, I heard. There, there's a famous uh, forensic psychologist uh, named uh, Dr. Park Deeds who um, does a lot of assessments or may, I don't know if he's retired now, but his literature was like, yeah, I had to study a lot for my master's degree, but he interviewed a lot of criminals who uh, claimed that they had uh, DID or, you know, some kind of split personality uh, type disorder uh, to, they were probably trying to reduce their sentence or, or get off with an insanity defense he never found one genuine case of DID among any of those people. 
He said it might exist mm. a disorder, but if it does, it's extremely rare. And he's never seen a genuine case within uh, the criminal, uh, you know, case system in any in any case. Yeah. Yeah, and they used to, and and the thing is, is people who don't we have we do a lot more these days with uh, mental health awareness. But there's still mm -hmm. a lot of motherfuckers who are not affected by it and don't know. And they'll, they'll say, oh, they're schizophrenic, thinking that means multiple personality. And it's like, one, yeah. that's it's not, not really a thing. And it's called DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. And, and it's mm -hmm. basically, like Erica said, there's not really proof of it. But I can tell you, I, you know, I have all three anxiety disorders and I have a really nasty case of PTSD. And um, I go to special therapy for that. And dissociating is a thing, for I do sure. I was going to okay. say, when yeah. I get really stressed, I do dissociate. And and what happens is, is that's usually caused by trauma. It's your brain's mm -hmm. way of protecting itself. And and what it does to me, it doesn't make me violent. It doesn't make me anything at all. I kind of just feel numb all over like I'm in a movie. You yeah. know, and it, and it doesn't mm -hmm. last very long. But it's your brain's way of protecting itself. Like, okay, we're on fucking overload. You know, like... It, you know, just it just shuts everything down. You're just numb. You're completely numb. And you I have feel... um, anger issues, and that happens to me where I dissociate. Yeah, there, there's a lot of yeah. different things that can trigger uh, dissociation, and it sucks. It's a horrible feeling, even though you can't really feel anything. It, it's a horrible feeling because it's like you're 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 whatever you are. Like for me, I get really really scared, and then it's just like nothing. I'm empty. And I feel yeah. so weird because I just completely dissociated. And in times of trauma, um, you know, like women who've been raped um, or, or, you know, victims of sexual assault, a lot of times they feel like they're outside of their body. And that is mm -hmm. exactly what dissociation is, you know. And I, definitely I would feel that dissociation is definitely a real thing. But oh, I know it the is. split personality where it's like you turn into a whole person you don't remember that's a little and like and you know and then people start talking about their altars and whatnot mm -hmm. not to like get too into like the youtube world because <laughs> you know that's all that's all a lot of attention seekers right there in the beginning histrionic personality <laughs> disorders mm -hmm. yeah um but uh it's it's I, I question the validity and like I feel like this movie proves that to where it's like how does like she saw the guy killing the, her but she was in the closet like I guess that could be perceived as an out of body experience. Yeah, like, that's I feel like she's yeah. dissociating and she's yeah. creating a narrative that makes it like that's true and yeah. acceptable, but she does mm. not have DID. Yeah, think. that's that's a good point because she doesn't not remember. She remembers, but she's associating and having Yeah, and she and it's like she's in a movie. Well, you know, it right. is a movie. So right. she's so she's the narrator in this movie and she's Yeah, I can see that actually. And the unreliable narrator um, it's easy to fuck that up. And the people that criticize this movie, and there are a lot of people, they're like, well, it doesn't make any sense. How could this lie with this? And I'm like, if you fucking stop and think about it, it makes yeah. all kinds of sense. And there's a lot of depth there, actually. And one part that I did like, and I'll say this, is like, um, and that's why I decided to do the blow this fucking place up line, um, is <laughs> right after that, that's when she's driving in the car to find this guy. And then the guy's in the car, and that's when he, like, pours the alcohol 
on the girl and then takes the match and is like about to light her on fire. Um, and they cut it well to where it's like she could totally be, have been doing that. Yeah. You know, like, because he's on the road and he's looking forward and he has his hand on the steering wheel and then his other hand's like kind of like uh, pouring the alcohol on this girl and then it cuts to her and you can only see a hand and her face and i thought that was a good like all right i see i see what you're going with like when you know again rewatching it it's like i liked i like that little aspect i guess for a um movie perspective i wish they had more of those scenes yeah to... i think i just think it you know because it's been done before um, yeah, yeah, you don't want to give it away recently, too much. Because you got to think about, like, Fight Club and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I think he was trying to do something different, which, you know, you can tell where he's inspired by, but does something different. Yeah, yeah. and again, this is also me just being harder on French directors, just because I, like... Like, I've watched, I love French films. I think they are, like, a lot of them are just so good. Like, they have such a different perspective. Um, they're really good at storytelling. They're really good at, like, they're having... They're artists. Yeah, they're, like, pure artists. And even, like, the most basic French movies usually, like, higher art than America would have. So mm. anytime I see a French film, I I just expect more from it. And I just wanted just that little tiny extra from this movie that, um, as an American film, I think it would have been amazing. But because it's French, I'm like, mm, you could have gone an extra mile, I feel. Like, yes, it's been done, but I, I feel like they could have done something to make it a little more. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but I think that that would, because people at that point were, you know, a lot of people were doing things in that style and I think yeah. he really, really wanted to fuck people's world up a little bit more. Like, you, you can't see this coming, even though it tells you at the beginning, sort of like uh, with Midsummer or Midsummer, um, where it tells... Which I that, love. I love oh, that movie. We fucking do, too. But, like, the, the panels at the very beginning, mm -hmm. with the very beginning of the movie before anything happens, tell the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Right there. Yeah. In, in, and in that's... That, you know, I guess that's um, what I was looking for art. was like an Ari Aster type thing. Because, yeah. you know, like Ari Aster, I feel like is, he, you know, like I wouldn't say he's the, it's it's like it meets that line of like art house, but mainstream. And it I love that genre where it's like art house and mainstream. Right. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, just like a little something like that for high tension. I would have appreciated more where it's like, oh, the whole film's, like, in the beginning of the movie and you didn't even notice kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, we're good. We're good. Um, Erica, did you want to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. My mind kind of went blank, which is not an unusual occurrence lately, but... <laughs> yeah, <same>. but I... <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of hear what Jenna uh, means about like, uh, in my case, not just French films, but I find most foreign horror films are just better than a lot of American films coming out, like um, yeah. with some exceptions, of course. Yeah. But uh, I, I just find that it, it seems like a lot of uh, 
foreign directors just either they they create things that are just more artistic or more thought provoking and i i feel like anything that a major hollywood studio gets its hand hands on is going to be painfully dumbed down mm-hmm. um i think that's point, you hit the nail on the head yeah let's think about the success of squid game i mean the korean series on netflix mm-hmm. like that i was riveted to that do you yeah. think that an American could pull it up, probably. I mean, Mike Flanagan does a great job with his series, like Black Mass, uh, not no Midnight Mass. Fucking, oh my god, it was so great. Like I, <clears throat> I still need to see that one. But oh my god, you yeah, have to. Too. It's so fucking good. But like, it would. Be I, would I mean, I would say that like the a Mike Saw, Flanagan. I would say mm-hmm. that like Saw is kind of like the American Squid Game, but Squid Game did it better. Not that I don't Squid love Game Saw. Did it better. Because, yeah, <laughs> because I feel like I I cared more about the characters, the way that it was done, the idea that and the concept was. was it wasn't much, a trope. Yeah, it wasn't a trope at all. Yeah. It, it was like its own thing, and and so like I appreciate foreign horror. I expect more of it, like you said. I do expect more, because we tend to dumb things down, you mm. know. Here and I mean, the biggest grossing movies that we have that come out are not intelligent films. They're, the writing yeah. is shit. They're all special effects. And I'm like, God, are we idiots or what? No wonder we are the idiots of the fucking world. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it, a lot of it is the uh, the major studio system here, though. Like, um, it, I find that, yeah, like, usually independent film directors in America do better than directors who have that major studio backing, which is mm-hmm. too bad that projects that get all this money thrown behind them end up not being very good movies or not thought provoking. Uh, one of my film professors um, who is like really familiar with how the studios do things. They said that they do all these test screenings and they will, they will re-edit a movie until like the dumbest and or most stoned person in the audience. Can understand <laughs> it. And then that's the version that gets released. So, I mean, yeah, you know, like maybe there was originally a, a better movie there, but after it's been rewritten or re-edited, reshot, whatever, it, the final product's just ugh, not not good. <laughs> Inception, cough, cough. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like, can't like, find like, like the best horror that we have coming out, you know, here in America is is like from A24, which is yeah. you know, a smaller studio. That's where Ari Aster's <laughs> films are and uh, Robert Eggers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, these great fucking films they're they're coming from a small place these mm-hmm. artsier yeah. films and, and guess what people are really looking forward to that and now a24 has all these releases because people are like yeah this is what we want to see <laughs> exactly well some people yeah people who, people who don't mind thinking a little bit or don't mind <laughs> something i'm not trying that's... to be this person but i think that horror fans are a little more heady than other fans of things <laughs> yeah i mean I often yeah yeah. I so. yeah i mean we love our slashers you know just watching uh you know movies just for the kills or something like that you know like i'm like i call them junk food movies like mm-hmm. night of the demons and, and stuff like that like it's it's not deep shit you know that that's that's okay but it's just it, we like those but we do like something that makes us think and you know, uh, I always say that, that horror is the genre where you can be the most free because you can do anything within the genre. 
you know, mm-hmm. and we get, and, and now thanks to Shudder, we've gotten some really great fucking films in mm-hmm. our face, including classics that nobody talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, you know, new stuff. They, you know, like, I remember we were going to, they pushed me to do Psycho Gorman on the show when it first got onto Shudder. <laughs> and I did not want to watch that fucking movie. And by the end of it, I was, like, obsessed I with that fucking movie. I want to see that movie so bad. Oh, oh my I God. Love, it is, I love yeah. that movie. I came, I came to the show dressed as, as Mimi because everybody was like, Candy, you're Mimi. And I'm like, I so am. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I highly recommend Psycho Gorman. It's, and oh, it's a fun fucking movie. It's fun. My sister never does this, and she called me, and she went, I just saw this movie. It's called, uh, hold on, let me read it, Psycho Goreman. You would love it, Jenna. It's totally up your alley. And <laughs> I'm like, yes, I've been wanting to see that. <laughs> I got dragged kicking and screaming to that one, and I left, and I was probably the biggest fan of it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of those. So, you know, but it's like a fun movie, but I love those, like, deep movies like i remember watching the lighthouse and i was just like oh i love the lighthouse so i know much. i was just like what the actual fuck i mean that's that's how i want to leave a movie saying that in in the good way yeah, not the bad yeah. way like, yeah. like oh how god, is god, that where you're thinking about movie. it two hours later going oh my god what yeah and what? it's such a horror movie but it's not a horror movie but it is exactly but... <laughs> You know, everything's so genre-bending now, but, you know, um, and that's what I'm saying. Horror is so free, and you can mm-hmm. really do anything within it. Anything can be a horror story. Look at The Witch. Um, oh, yeah. That was the second Ghoul's Night Out we ever did, because we did Love Witch, and then we did The Witch. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was that was a fucking brilliant movie, but it wasn't, like, heavy on the scare. It was more of an atmospheric film um and we, we got to talk about like some history and, and theology and things like that but you know so that was a great topic for us but you know it, it was more uh, you know and, and done by the same director of course you know but uh yeah that that was just a brilliant little fucking film but it would it w- it's more of like a, a moodier mm-hmm. horror piece you know yeah so within horror you can do just about anything and um yeah, it's about time we started to do reviews. I'm sorry, I am so sleepy tonight, guys. I am. I'm still trying to get used to this medication, and so, like, I just have no energy whatsoever. But, um, does, does anybody want to throw in and, 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 uh, say some more about this film? I think we've covered most, most of the things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, we will do reviews. I um I gave this a nine out of ten barbed wire fence posts. Um, I did have to. It's not a perfect film, so I couldn't give it a ten. But I do like. I mean, actually, the first time I watched it, I would have rated it lower. Um, so I was different. Whereas, like, I I actually appreciate it more because I thought about it more. Um, and and I've had time to think about it over the years and and my memory of it didn't w- was different than my experience of it today rewatching so it's um it, it's its own thing and it, it did inspire a lot of other people and i do like when when something comes along and maybe i haven't perfected it but it has inspired something or taking some taking a trope and then mm-hmm. turning it on its head like like erica said um, I like that. I mean, this this movie is just full of surprises, and um, I would not call this a fun movie. Um, 
but that's that. If you think this movie's fun, I I don't know what the you're kind of <laughs> kind of missing the point here. I I think it's it's an it's an interesting movie. It's it's an um. It's a movie that makes you tense. It's a mm-hmm. movie that makes you think, like you think about it for a while afterwards. And they love that feeling, like that sort of after mm-hmm. image of it. And uh, the brilliance of, you know, where we get the whole story at the very beginning, the opening credits, and we don't know that we're getting the entire story right there. Um, mm-hmm. I like that because we still see that now. So, um, you know, I had to, I did dock a point just, you know, from little slivers of things that I wasn't crazy about. But I did like the whole, you know, I think we've all been, I mean, obviously we're not um, stalkers or serial killers or murderers, but, you know, where you had a crush on somebody and you really wanted them to like you back and you're just thinking, like, what can I do to make them like me, mm-hmm. you know, to to get closer to this person? Maybe, you know, I saw them wear this shirt. Well, maybe I'll, I'll check that band out and then we can start a conversation. You know, like, that's what normal fucking people do. People who are not obsessive. But you always feel murderers. weird when you do that, you, you know? Yeah, but yeah. you're just thinking, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, more like when we're in junior high and high school before we've, you know, matured and figured out, like, just, oh, my God, just go say hi or something. Yeah. Um, and they don't like you too fucking bad, okay? But, um, yeah. It's so, so dark it, and mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so just that 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 kiss at the end – like she is so repulsed this this her best friend has killed her entire family including you know her dog and her little brother and shit and you know she has to like make out with her just so she can get her close enough to stab her you know um and to be fair it could have been told in her perspective the whole time yeah Mm. and you know it would have been this you know it it would have been a the same film, except it would have missed a big chunk. So, yeah, we wouldn't have had that whole um, confusion that I think adds a little little bit of a uh, you know roller coaster to it. So yeah, nine out of ten. Uh, barbed wire fence posts. Um, let's see. I guess I'm I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Split personalities. um oh now i wish i had done a different rating uh metric but you know maybe jenna's thinking the other one i'm thinking so i'll just (laughs) leave it with split personalities uh um i yeah it's it's not you know a completely perfect movie i think it does have some elements that didn't age well there's some uh pacing issues i'm i'm not pissed off at the twist like some people were like uh some people who posted reviews online or youtube videos just hate that mm. twist ending because they, they feel it makes no sense whatsoever i i don't uh, feel that way i mean i i think it it makes sense in that you are uh you know, most of it's from the perspective of, of an unreliable narrator who has mm-hmm. mental health problems who, who think and, and use psychology are the ones that like don't mind it yeah yeah um <clears throat> so i mean I, I i really do appreciate uh this movie still um and it is one of those things that you kind of maybe feel like you have a different perspective on it you know revisiting it um i think the the gore is fantastic and gorgeous the cinematography yeah. is great performances are great so yeah i don't have um 
I don't have big complaints about it at all, really. Solid review. Okay, Gemma. Um, I think I'll give this a 7.5 um, male gazes <laughs> or DIDs. <laughs> um, it, it, coming into this, I was like, I'm going to rate it a 7. But now that I we had a discussion about it, I'm gonna do like it half a little like point. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think you guys like brought up good points about like dissociating and um, unreliable narrator and so forth. I definitely didn't think the twist was bad. I mean, it, I think it definitely added to the film. Like, I don't think I would have been as into it if they didn't have that twist. Um, I be and because you said like oh there's not a lot of conversation in it you know like there's not a lot of dialogue that is also a cool aspect that i didn't really think of um but i think it does suffer from pacing and again like that's a that's that's just a thing that uh, i have you know the attention span of a goldfish i don't like i just have no attention span whatsoever i like so, slow burns but this one felt like it was about four hours long and it's an hour and a half yeah yeah and it's not a slow burn i would say because like i like slow burns too even yeah, though i have a, a terrible burn, attention just... span slow burns are still like you're kind of at the end of your seat waiting for that thing that'll happen i feel right. like that's what a slow burn is exactly. um but like this one is like you know it's it's intense at some parts and then you're like oh, all right and they're chasing and they're running and yada yada um you know it would have probably worked better as a short story like a short yeah in like in you maybe could have like covered all of it yeah yeah i think that it, it would have been good as a short I, not to say that the full length bothered me that much. I still gave it a really high rating. And mm -hmm. I appreciate that it's one of the first French extremism films because that's one of my favorite genres. And uh, it, you know, it, it earns its place because of that. And I can't stop looking at how cute that cat is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> looks like Bean when he was little. It's so cute. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it and um, I appreciate it for what it is. Um, so I have to give it, give it like a higher rating. And then after this discussion, like a little bit extra of a higher rating. Cause I get it. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times, um, I mean, I'm, I'm always the highest rater of all movies. Cause the one time I tried to be a critic, uh, it didn't go so well and I regretted it because, um, you know, cause I, I, I'm, I am, I'm a little too forgiving. I think sometimes. Um, so, you know, I always, and I, and I'm always just very generous with my ratings. Like, so like a nine for me is probably a 7.5 for anybody else, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't give it a 10. Most films that we cover here, we do give tens, like we give them out mm -hmm. like candy. And, um, yeah, so, so this film I think is an important one to discuss. And I think it, it's important that it's female voices discussing it. Because this is a female-centric film. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, it's it's both feminist and anti-feminist. Um, if, if a guy was here and he was talking about it, I feel it wouldn't be as good. 
Well, yeah, that's why we, <laughs> we pick specific titles. And and sometimes yeah. they get mad that we do them without them. But it's like, we this is a space for us to talk. And we, we can't talk like this with the regular show because everybody's talking. And, you know, you, you're lucky if you get five minutes. And, and then <laughs> they want to talk about, you know, things that, like, I where I want to go off and talk about psychology for a while or I or you know um history mm-hmm. or something i i can't do that on the regular show so we get to do that here and then talk about you know social issues so i i really think um yeah for the time like you said jenna you know when you said that it really clicked you know for the time this was pretty um heady stuff this was pretty uh ahead of its time and uh it's 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 an inspirational film, and I always like things that inspire others to go on and perfect it. If maybe I'm not crazy about this one in particular, you know, I like this other one. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we we're gonna be talking a lot of extreme films and a lot of form films, uh, um, on this season. So I'm really looking forward to that. Some of them will be on the regular show. Some of them, you know, are just we're going to be doing here on Ghoul's Night Out, but it was really fun to have you. We don't really get guests too often. I think we've had guests like one other time. This is great. Um, this yeah, is so it usually it's just Eric and I just yeah, doing it. So it's so nice to have your voice added, and, uh, you know, you're obviously welcome back to the Ghoul's Night Out anytime. I'd love to be there. <laughs> yeah, because we, we, we almost never have guests. So, you know, those are always open and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So... I want to thank you guys so much for the wonderful conversation. And I'm so glad we got to talk about this film. I just, I feel like it needs to be talked about. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and not with the hatred that everybody else gives it. I didn't know it was getting so much hate. Like, ooh. Oh yeah. Go read reviews. Yeah. I would have, I would have been nicer to it. <laughs> Maybe that's good that I didn't see no, it. No, I did not feel like that you were overly mean to it. I don't think Spread so. Up some I... good points. Yeah, I was I was critical, but I wasn't mean. You weren't even. I mean, yeah, and that's that's there's the difference. And everybody else is just straight up like, I hate this fucking movie, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I <coughs> there are movies that I do hate. They're a short list, like Hard Rock mm-hmm. Zombies. Like I'd rather <laughs> drill right into my eyeball. <laughs> I never, I never saw that. Don't. I haven't seen Don't. it either. So it yeah. sounds like that was one right of those before movies. Erica became permanent on the show. Uh-huh. I inflicted upon everybody, and I am heartily sorry for my sins. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go say to Hail Marys or Hail Satan's or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm an atheist, so I'm just gonna go on with my life, basically. Um, yeah, um, I I, I, I'll never fucking do that again, though. Like, an intentionally bad movie <laughs> that I fucking hate. Like, why would I want to talk about that? No, no. So this one, um, yeah. Sometimes it, it's it, fun to rip into a movie. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, yeah. I usually do that on other people's shows. Yeah. <laughs> Not a show that I have to monitor, like, eight people. Like, if I hate it, I'm just like, oh, God, just shut up. Also, you have to watch it. <laughs> and, and that's not fun. Yeah, that is a editing you have to watch the fucking movie and you're just like oh god oh no no yeah like i don't want to do it right so um again uh i really really appreciate do you guys want to plug anything um not particularly in my case i will say this um someone that i worked with leo fong 
uh, he just passed away today. So rest in peace, Leo Fong. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was 92. So, you know, um, and had a lot of health problems, but yeah, he was, he, he was definitely a treasure to the, uh, B movie, uh, action film genre. And I was, it was a honor to work with him. So rest in peace, Leo Fong. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. We're, we're losing a lot of people lately, and I'm not liking it at all. No. Not yeah. at all. Um. Yeah, and Eric and I. Uh. Yeah. Our our, our plugs. Uh. We've already we do them a lot. So sometimes I just don't even do them anymore. <laughs> I'm just like. You. Know, sometimes we've I got, just get tired of plugging. Yeah, we've got hundreds I, of I, episodes. I'm going to be like. Yeah, I'm kind of going to be like Rob, where he's like, "Oh, plugs, uh, but <laughs> so I'm just like Linktree slash Candy the Final Girl. Everything's there. Yeah, yeah. For me, just uh, find me on Instagram at My Horrific Life. And uh, other than that, um, keep an eye out for some new things from Final Girl Cosmetics. Yeah, uh, definitely that. And um, yeah, and Erica and I are collaborating on some writing um working on one thing and um hopefully more in the future we like to collaborate on things so yeah that's fun mm -hmm. it's always fun when you can uh be professional and be friends with somebody absolutely that's the best <laughs> yeah yeah this is this has been really fun and hard to come by apparently so. yeah yeah it's, it's just it's it's really cool and um yeah I, I i love having that kind of relationship with both of you guys you know and i mm -hmm been able to do that through this show and then you know like i talk to you both all the time like through talks and stuff so it's like well i have female horror friends and they're like just friends in general and it's like really cool and you know so cool sign off all about that we love it but i love you guys so much and thank you for doing the show this has been really great talk and um we hope to have you back jenna this is it was good having you oh for sure we'll do martyrs yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right